You're listening to the Inner Confidence Podcast, formerly called the Leverage Podcast. We help you unleash the most attractive, charismatic, and confident you in order to attract quality connections, both personal and romantic. My name is Robbie Kramer. I've been a coach since 2007, and I've helped over 1,300 people level up their dating and social skills. My mission is simple, to help you crush the dating game, build an epic social life, and attract your ideal partner. If you're new to the show, I highly recommend you download my free dating protocol. It'll help you optimize your first dates, take all the guesswork and planning out of the equation. And I like to connect with my listeners personally. So to grab a copy, send me a message on Instagram, Robbie underscore Kramer. Hey, everybody. Today, I've got an, a, a very um, eclectic and esoteric group of individuals. Uh, myself, the high stakes, uh, spicy professional poker player. We have Melanie, who's also a spicy professional poker player, uh, who's also very talented and uh, a worthy adversary. She's put in an extreme amount of effort into dating, as it turns out. And we've got Robbie, whose entire fucking career is actually uh, coaching guys to become better at dating. He also helped organize private parties. He's done a lot of stuff in the space. He also runs multiple Airbnbs. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I think he knows a thing or two about a thing or two about some girls and about how they behave. And uh, that has all yet that kind to be stuff. seen. And we've got a. Uh, we have some critics here. I'm excited Bronwyn, for critics. We got the critics too. The critics are already here. Bronwyn James. I uh, I think I I'm not probably not pronouncing your name right. She's a very busy lawyer. She's um she's in high demand as it turns out and not always on time. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what else about her, but apparently she's quite smart and doesn't like things that are illogical. I would say that's true. I gave them a, a little taste of how you, of our argument when I tried to pretend an elliptical was mechanical instead of electrical. <laughs> <laughs> I did get it. I got the only perfect score on my logic final in my college logic class. So we'll say that. There is. You must have done well on the LSAT. Basically a logic <laughs> test, right? That too, yeah. <laughs> so to intro to intro Bronwyn, um, I told Dan a little bit about my poker history and how I used to have a roommate whose computer I played online poker on and I had to hide the program and rename it and everything because she explicitly forbade me from doing that. That's her. Bronwyn is the roommate that I whose computer I used and stealthily Put everything on while she would go out to party on the weekends like a normal college person and i would sit on her computer at her express disapproval well Damn. it all worked we out no regrets but i wasn't smart <laughs> enough to figure out how she was continuing to use secret programs on my computer so there's that <laughs> so were you were you playing uh you know party poker back in the day full tilt how how it was, it was full tilt in poker stars and I, and neither one of them had a Mac client yet. So Ugh. I was, so I asked Bronwyn to use her computer like once and she was not like down with it after that. She deleted all the files and then I had to keep figuring out how to do it on her computer while she was out <laughs> or whatever. So I, it was a whole deal. It was a whole deal. <laughs> we might've played against was, each other back in the day. I was, uh, I was active on those sites and my, my foray into poker was like 2000. I started playing poker at, at UCSD 
same sort of deal with my roommate. I would use his laptop sometimes. Well, I had a crappy laptop. He had a, a PC, so that was much better for online poker. Yeah, that was the thing. Melanie had a Mac and I had a PC. Yeah. (laughs) We could have like a funny parody commercial about like, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC with like gambling world. You guys playing on each other's laptops, you know, the real uh, OG poker players played poker in their mom's basement. Okay. I played on my mom's computer. All right. Is this any better? My mom doesn't even know how to use a computer, unfortunately. All right. Well, once Melody comes back, let's talk about what will be the rough focus of this podcast and see if we can come to some conclusions. Um, I I'm going to pour myself a like glass of wine. Maybe I, I I'm excited about it. I think I'll need Wait, a drink for this. Let, let me ask first how you and Melody know each other from poker, I know, but more specifically. What? Um, fate brought us together in that we had very... Um, we had a couple different ideas of things to do involving seminars, uh, involving teaching poker or teaching um, logic-oriented games to teach life lessons of sorts, um, which will be a minute before those happen. Uh, but we did uh, get caught up in having pretty being pretty compatible debate, uh, debaters together because we both like to debate, as it turns out. And mm-hmm. also have really strong views on these subjects. So shocking. Uh, huh? What's that? Shocking. Can you guys hear me now? By the way, I, it I'm is a little bit surprising. You know, is yeah, your internet's better. Sp- okay. I, it, I think it's like it is a bit surprising, just because dating is one of these things where every single person has an opinion, and there's no more disparity in any other uh, culture or what not culture, like area, body of knowledge, or whatever you want to call it than in dating like and everyone's so sure all the fucking time that's crazy but we actually do agree on a few things um yeah so i find do you want to do you want to say like your premise maybe like what's your like general premise and then i'll talk about mine and maybe we can kick it off that way well also maybe i can chime in maybe i can chime in and do a little um you know sort of like a teaser for the for the listeners um you know so dan reached out to me and he said, I've got uh, a friend who's a, who's a poker player, and we're always debating about, you know, do guys have it better? Do women have it better when it comes to dating, online dating, dating in L.A., dating abroad? And, um, you know, we're always arguing. And I feel like if you came on, maybe, you know, maybe I feel like we could get somewhere. There, it would be an interesting discussion. Um, and so Dan invited me, and he kind of, you know, led me to, uh, or what's the word? It basically set me up for the conversation saying we were going to have some critics. So I was excited to come on. And for the people listening, I think, uh, we're going to, we're going to cover a lot. We're going to, we're going to cover is dating fair for, for more fair for men, more fair for women. Are the dating markets skewed? Um, will we see these dating markets correct in the future? And then what, what is the difference when you're dating, in the U.S. versus Western Europe versus abroad. Yeah, uh, roughly all those things, like a big part of it would be, are there actual problems that can be solved in poker? I mean, the first thing would just be, are there actual problems? Mm-hmm. And like, what are these problems? And like, is there like an efficiency that's being approached later on in dating? Yeah, I mean, basically what you said. Um, it- Wait, can you return to the background a little bit, Robbie? Like who you are and, and how you're... Sure. Aim to be. Yeah. So 
I've been a professional dating coach since 2008. Um, I'm 41 years old. And prior to that, I was working, I had my first job out of college. Um, I was working as basically like an analyst for a, a VC company, a private equity group in San Diego. I hated my job. And my entire dating and social circle kind of basically like after college, after I graduated, it all just kind of went away. And I went from this sort of, you know, easy system of meeting women through my classes or through through school or through, you know, I was on the golf team. So we would have other sort of parties with other sports teams. And it was like, it was very easy to meet people and to have a social life. But then when I started working in an office, it, it was like, I have never even been on a date before. What do I do? Like this whole dating idea was just very weird. So I started studying a bunch of stuff that I found online, read some books. It was a lot of, you know, stuff from like these pickup artists and they were kind of weird. They were teaching these tactics and it was the only thing at the time. So it was it was interesting to say the least. And then I just became obsessed with personal growth and development because I realized like, wow, you could actually I didn't think like having game was a thing. I didn't think you could improve your ability to, to connect and relate with people. I thought it was just either you were kind of born with it or you're good looking. And I thought women's triggers for attraction were the same as men. I thought it was all looks based. And then I realized that there's so much more under the under the surface. Uh, so I just became really fascinated with the whole idea of studying attraction. And it changed my life a lot. So that's why I eventually became a dating coach. Um, the 2008 you know, stock market collapse sped that up because I basically was out of job and I was in a situation where I could either make this you know dating coaching thing work or, or get another job that I hated. And then that eventually led me to in, uh, let's see, 2016, I left the U.S. and I moved to Eastern Europe, uh, fell in love with Ukraine. I have some Ukrainian roots and spent, you know, many years in the dating scene over there um, and found that to be incredibly eye opening and interesting. Uh, and then I recently I got married and to a Ukrainian woman and moved back to L.A. And I've been, you know, I've coached about 1300 guys over the years around all of these things. So. Uh, that's my background. Give me one. That's second, really interesting way, because he says he says that uh, Dan and I have had a conversation about je ne sais quoi, uh, which is my my theory is that he that there that that there is and this inherent sort of charisma panache style whatever you want to call it that cannot be learned and that women don't like when it's learned. You can kind of like sniff out when someone's it, it's like the it, when it, people will like colloquially term it as like trying too hard or like that kind of thing but you can kind of sniff out if someone has it or, or or they don't and the falsification of such or the the um trying to blend in as such is incredibly off-putting i think to women even if they can't quite decide what it is that is happening um and my thesis was that people are going about that part of it, like you said, the ability to connect, the ability to relate um, in this studious way as if it's like a hard science when it's mm. when it's not. Um, and so that's, that's sort of the basis for our dating bet that I, as Dan, can get more dates than he can because I think I am better at that than him. And he does not believe that that is true. Meaning you, you at the reins of his online dating profiles could do better. Yes, precisely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. 
We're gonna find out about that. I, well, I actually would like if she proves me wrong. Um, but uh, I I don't think it's gonna be by very much. First of all, but anyway, let me let me say a few things. First of all, the problem with your thesis is pretty obvious to me. Um, it's it's very confirmation bias oriented. I think is the term where like you're just saying that because someone is trying, they don't have it, which is true. But you're not accounting for the people that do have it, and now they have it and attained it. And now you can't tell. Like it doesn't. I don't believe I can't tell. I believe I can tell. And Ooh, I have a I lot to say, say on this too. I will say that there is that there are some elements that can be learned, but it's through it's through the natural course of changing via human interaction and not via study. Yeah, that's true. Of course, you. It's much more exe- something that has to be learned through execution, not through. I mean, 100%, that's so true with, like, a lot of things. It's so true with, like, fucking learning basketball. It's the same thing. Like, if you look, spot someone who's trying to play basketball, they're going to look like shit. And if they're good at it, you're going to be able to tell, oh, this person really knows what they're doing when playing basketball. It's because they went through all those trials and errors to figure out what... But it's not... I don't agree that it's a quantifiable skill like basketball, like that you that it's all about precision and numbers and, and getting better at this particular muscle movement. I don't... I think it is more fluid and more dynamic and, and literally cannot be quantified like that um well this is going into really speculative territory i mean it depends on what you're calling muscle <laughs> but there's totally you know there's tr- totally an app there's totally like better ways to connect with people especially with certain different kinds of people because certain different people value different things i mean like women for example value Agreed. their emotions yeah. being validated Agreed. much more than like, you know yeah. like some hard body of knowledge, generally speaking. Uh, and that's like really important. I like a good thing. hard body of knowledge personally. But... Oh, well, you're, you're <laughs> special. Yes. You're, you're way more into those hard bodies of knowledge. Um, so there's that. And as far as this bet goes, I mean, it's no longer a bet, which I think is suspect, but I'm happy for you to just <laughs> do the work anyway. I don't think you're going to give me more matches because you're like, we're missing a few points here. But anyway, the bet is just basically that you go on Tinder and you find dates for me. Uh, and if they're like good enough that I might actually date with them myself, which is pretty rare in the first place, like I also have to like them myself. Um, I don't want to waste my time standards. on this. Huh? What's Nothing. that? <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna go Nothing. there, I'll start, I'll start going after you. Go, go after me. I, th- I think. Do you think? Let me ask. You, let me just ask you this then. Do you think you are going after women to an equivalent caliber to you, or do you think you're shooting slightly higher? Um, depends on where where we're going. I guess in LA specifically, that might be too high, but in other places, they're absolutely not too high. I have no problems in other places and virtually other. But you not having problems in other places is not what I'm talking about. Like, I'm asking if you think, I'm asking if you think your standards are equivalent to your value or if you shoot higher. Um, let's see. No, I think they're roughly equivalent, actually. I've identified exactly what they are, and depending on what is valued, like, I could do multiple different things, and the, I have the track record to prove it, actually. So, um, and here, here specifically in L.A., I don't really, but, I mean, it depends on how we're looking at it, too. So, so Mel- wait, Melody, do you think Dan is going after women of a higher sort of... Okay to use the term SMV, sexual market value. We're going to get real uh, dramatic with things. Um, uh, you found the guy you got to come back with. My thesis would be yes. 
um, because that supports my general thesis, which is everyone is doing that. Uh, I rarely see people being excited to settle for someone they deem even like slightly less than them or even like equivalent to them in many ways because they seem everyone, this is like a human condition thing, but everyone right. seems to be able to make excuses for their own flaws, contextualize their own flaws, uh, rationalize them in terms of, you know, why they're there and what they mean, but they judge others' flaws at very like strict face value things. And so if that is true about humanity, if the, yeah, sure. If that's a fundamental thing about humanity, which I think it is, then I feel like people do not do a good job of assessing their equals. And therefore, that is something that leads to a lot of dissatisfaction. In well, dating. I think there's a major, so, I mean, I, I want to talk about this a little bit uh, because this is I have a quick really question. What, okay, one sec. First. Just, just to clarify, and, and the, the other main thesis is that you can tell if a guy has basically learned to be maybe you, you can tell if a guy has like tried to fake or tried to learn how to improve his sexual market value and that doesn't really work. You can like sniff him out. Can I ask a more, I need to ask a more preliminary question, which is what sexual market value is because I've never heard this term in my life. Uh, it's just the idea. How that do you the, define that? It's just the idea that dating is a marketplace and based on, you know, a variety of different factors that contribute to, you know, what you would rate, you know, a man or a woman, they're going to have different, different values in the marketplace. Like, obviously, if you're short, fat, ugly, bald and broke, uh, you're going to have a very low sexual market value. And if you're a, you know, celebrity of very high status and a good reputation, you're going to be, you know, closer to a 10, I guess, on that scale. So it's just a way to so I, I will I will stake my my probably general ongoing position maybe outside of the of your bounds of this conversation that I don't agree that that really exists. So, but we'll we'll proceed from there. Okay. I, Ooh, I can't I wait to hear to, more about no, I'm that. Gonna speak. No, yeah, I'm excited. No, give me a chance to speak. I'm tired of being what? interrupted. Okay, so <laughs> I, what I was going to say is quite related to that. Um, in that, yeah. like, there's a lot of um, I mean, in this case, we really have to define how exactly we're going to figure out what these values are, because clearly there's like certain things that are valued more and certain things that are valued less. And there's quite a lot of variance even between guys, from what I can tell. I could talk to someone who didn't really have like a type at all, and he would just like connect with people. You know, if he just found someone who's generally attracted, that was good for him. But that's not true for me at all. Like I have a type and it has never, ever changed. And so there's clearly a lot of variables here. And this is one of the things that does matter a lot and makes things a lot more complicated, which is that a lot of people have uh, very different uh, strategies for picking the partners that they're looking for, whatever, picking the baits, whatever word you want to use. And so, yeah, we really do need um, some kind of way well, of deciding this I market value. There's not like definitive eights and tens and whatever. You can use it, the, the statistical analysis to look on how many matches they get, but it varies quite a lot uh, per individual. Well, let me let me clarify because I think this might answer some of your question. The learned behavior that I am referring to is specific is specifically social behavior. I am not referring to traits that people improve. Those are indicators of high fitness in a mate. For example, someone that transforms their physique. That's an indicator of a high quality of mate fitness 
because they're improving their physical fitness and that directly correlates to how attractive they are. So that is not something that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a style of like communication and social awareness and like all, all the things that I'm referring to when I say, oh, nice, good work, good work. Um, so I feel like this like, would be an example of, <laughs> obviously I lost some weight, but socially the guy who wore this shirt yeah, you know, you know, that's dicey, right? But, but learn social behavior, like say this, do this. When women respond this way, here are a list of 10 things you should answer. That stuff, the herd can sniff that out. And it's very unbecoming. You can tell the difference between a, a panache, a social panache that is natural and, and the ability to feel that versus someone who is artificially performing. Sure. And since that is such an important value, I think in a mate, having that that uh, that social fitness, so to, so to speak, that is where I do not think you can open a book, do X, and have it read the same. The do, only do you thing think, that improves- um, I don't think do you guys think- really think that. Like, no one thinks that, that, that you should just like live life by reading some fucking book and like now you get to be social, have the social fucking panache. I don't think that's what pickup that. says. That's what. But, but do you think okay, there's well, a learning really curve where? Do Do you think there's a learning curve where you can at first just like anything, right? If you're trying a new skill or you're trying to be a better communicator and you're, you know, you're doing things a different way, it's going to come across as you know, like you've got training wheels on, and then eventually when those behaviors become more ingrained and more natural for what you're doing, do you think you could still tell? You still think like, oh, think that guy. Personally, I could. I think that there is a sliding scale of like how sensitive people are to it. I think that if it's the sort of thing where um, you, a lot of time yep. passes and the natural development of you as a person maturing human experience, whatever is in tandem with that, then potentially no. Like you could say like I was a outcast as a child and I had to like observe people and learn this. And can you tell that all that was no. But like if you're a 28 year old man who is very awkward and not good at that sort of thing and you are trying really hard to figure it out and you treat it like like a science, the 29 year old version is going to be very similar at that so so i'm well, basically what you're maybe... talking about is acting it's if it's if someone is good at acting or not and that's also a skill <laughs> so if you don't right. have it naturally and you're a bad actor then yeah probably someone will be able to tell well that's what most of pickup is and that's why it doesn't work it's because you're teaching guys who are already terrible actors uh, and have no acting skills at all to become actors and it's like good luck it's just going to come across as all sorts are wrong. They're better off not even trying in many in many ways. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like pickup is often touted as vi- like at least to some degree like a legitimate learning tool. Uh, I don't think any of us. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it depends on how really you define time, it. A lot but... of people. <laughs> I I don't think I can see how like certain tools in pickup would be good to just get people's feet wet, kind of thing, and just get them to say something. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert myself, but maybe I think Robbie would agree with me. I don't think a lot of people think that, I mean, to reiterate, I don't think a lot of people think that pickup's like a legit way to pick up fucking women. Like, fuck no. Uh, I think the general theme and really the thing that we want to talk about here is, is like 
actual self-improvement going to help you a lot? Uh, I mean, I think that's a big thing. My, I mean, my how thesis can you change your yes. results on, I think, no, by itself, to be honest. I think that you can change your value as a person by making yourself, by making qualities that are malleable and are manipulatable by you improved, like kind of period. If you, if you want to be more well-read, you read more. If you want to be in shape, you go to the gym. If you want to uh, have hobbies that make you interesting or like they're high value, you fucking can learn to play the guitar. You can whatever, like all of those things are, are things that increase who you are, how interesting you are, how attractive you are. All of those elements should be completely exhausted before people complain. And what happens is that people just complain. And they think it's too hard and they think that finding a really high value mate should be easy somehow when it probably should be the toughest thing. Oh, it is anybody. the toughest thing, you know, yeah. and it, it's the, the problem is our. Um, I was just going to say the, the problem is, is that our society, I guess, and a lot of this is, I think, Disney and just kind of growing up in in that sort of rom-com, you know, time period, it's. They all say that, you know, love should just happen naturally. You should just be hanging out on a park bench and, you know, see your soulmate and it should just happen organically. And that we all know that's that's mostly bullshit. Um, and the divorce rate being at 60 percent. <laughs> well, the divorce rate being at 60 percent. Um, and then, of course, you got to factor in all the marriages that are unhappy. You know, the odds of that just coming to be you know, maybe for the greatest generation, you know, my, my grandparents' generation, that, that was more of a thing. Uh, but now with, with all the, you know, the different sort of dating markets, online dating, that's really not a thing at all. And what we see is really like three classes of people. We see high status men, low status men and women. And what's going on now with social media, you know, Instagram, it's like the low status men almost don't exist. It's like a totally different class of people and the middle class of men is kind of being decimated. You're either high status and you're crushing it, or you're the low middle status. Class in every <laughs> regard is, is disappearing. And Wait, you're just something, something I'm yeah. finding so interesting as as I've been listening to this conversation is I no I no no I I feel like this is entirely focused on men, and it's so that's so fascinating to me because I have so many conversations with women who have trouble with dating. And I would give them the exact same advice that I give to men or maybe not advice, but just say uh, or the same feedback, which is that you can't fake confidence and you can't fake not genuinely not caring what happens in a dating scenario. If you feel fulfilled in your life and you feel like you don't need this, you don't need a girlfriend, you don't need a husband like I do feel because most people aren't trained actors that people can pick up on that. And I feel like the, the quality of not needing that comes off versus needing that. And that comes off too and is unattractive. For sure. And well, that, that's why I literally put my clients through rejection, rejection, like therapy. Um, um, I've and a I tell things them, to say, well, uh, all right, Dan, one second, so... let me just go. You know, I, I respond to Bronwyn. Um, this will be quick. I was just saying, I was just saying, like you, you're 100 percent right. That whole idea that oh. that 
who's the most attractive is the person who's who's not attached to the outcome, right? They don't give a shit. They're not outcome oriented. And the only way I think you get there, you can't get there by faking it. You can't just one day wake up and be like, oh, I don't, I don't care anymore, right? The only way to get there is to actually not care by kind of being desensitized to that worst case scenario, which is rejection. And for me, that was really, that's what pickup was for me, was really just getting comfortable with rejection and not taking it personally and realizing, hey, if she rejects me, maybe it was me, maybe it wasn't, who gives a shit? So I found that to really be the only value in old school pickup was just getting myself to the point where I was desensitized by by trying and then ultimately to a place where it didn't really matter because I knew I had other options, you know, around the corner. Um, I have a few things to say. So um, I, I agree with what you said, Melanie, about, you know, obviously, if you want to become more interesting, you learn all things that are more interesting, especially that that are appealed to the people that you're trying to hang out with. Or if you want to get in shape, obviously, you work out like all that stuff's true. I think there's a little bit more nuance to that. And I have one specific qualm that I aim towards mainstream feminism, which doesn't seem to agree with generally what we're talking about. But mainstream feminism basically says something like, okay, men, you're the problem and uh, you should fix all your shit and just do better, you know, magically do better. And women, uh, you know, you just go on and keep finding the right guy. The white guy will just come along and everything will be magical. So there's that. And then the second thing I want to say is, I mean, this is just my personal experience, is that there's certain traits that I think we're in a culture that really highly values the sexual attraction element of a relationship. But we often conflate attractiveness with um, sexual attractive, physical attraction with like how hot someone is with like how attractive they are. There aren't exactly the same things because you can be attractive in an intellectual way. You can be attractive in that you're funny or whatever. But a lot of people don't really value that, especially in first world countries where that's really what people tend to pursue in my experience. So I, I personally think that the, all those things matter to some extent of like being more interesting, being smarter, being obviously being in shape um, or being like, you know, more socially smooth, whatever. Um, but uh with those specific group of people, maybe it's LA or whatever, um, like optimizing for physical um, attractiveness, I think goes really a long way. Like you even said yourself that most guys should uh, be in, you know, most, it would help a lot of guys to just be in shape. I'm sure there's truth to that. Um, and obviously being non-needy and not attached is how you end up being more fluid and more smooth in the first place. So like all these things like kind of compound. I just think that, I mean, I can't really say, say the story for women, uh, but I can say that uh, it looks much more promising than it is for the average guy, from what I can tell, because the average guy has like three major problems to fix before they get anywhere. But what is the problem, Dan, with them failing in the dating market and not being satisfied in the dating market and that outcome being a signal for them to be improving themselves maybe rejoin the call mm, this should be okay we haven't normally had this problem i'm hearing an echo now in mine yeah i don't i don't think there's there's noise outside oh okay so while dan is reconnecting is is there a general premise for this conversation <laughs> yeah is, or is there like a thesis word trying to prove or disprove yes so the thesis is dan believes 
dating is broken. Um, he believes dating is broken, that it's not working as intended, that there are there's fault on both sides, but there is more fault on the female side than on the male side for unrealistic expectations and no um, no requirement for self-improvement to the same degree that that men do. And he thinks that that's evidenced by the fact that like whatever it is, 80 percent of the women are only going for the top 20 percent of men or, you know, whatever that's that stat is. Um, my thesis is that it's not broken, that there are problems, um, that can be solved on a granular level. For example, like ghosting is just bad and there's better solutions for that. Um, but I think it is a market. I think the market is working mostly as intended. And I don't think everyone is supposed to win in a market. Okay. Multiple questions have arisen from what you just said. <laughs> One is, does he think that it used to work and no longer does? Another yes. is, does he know that almost every woman has a an eating disorder. And does he know, oh, what was my third? That I, 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 I'm really curious to know if he thinks that this, that women are dissatisfied as well. Um, so Melanie misquoted me, actually. I do not believe okay. that rating, dating is broken, period. That's a wild overgeneralization. I okay. believe that dating is uh, definitely, there's something wrong with it in the U.S. and in first world specifically because it's totally working in other places from what I can tell. You said specifically sure. that it's broken. You've said that so many times. You said it's out of whack. It's broken. Think, you keep sending me links to dating is broken. Like I you've used those Dan, exact words. I think <laughs> Dan might feel are like egocentric it's, uh... to the first world. But do okay. you think this is specifically a modern problem or when do you think the, the break happened or do you think it's always been broken? Yeah. Well, there's a number of things. So wait, actually, to clarify, I've been doing... too, wait, Dan, do you think that it's broken for the sense that someone who's at your, you know, it is basically you I or someone in your shoes, someone who's in your shoes is getting the short end of the stick. And it's 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 basically like there's a mismatch in in people linking up that are of similar value, I guess you could say. Um. So. I think that's a tougher question to answer. The two, there's a, there's a number of things I want to say. So first of all, okay. I think basically online dating, especially is broken. I think there's loads and loads of evidence of that. And uh, I actually don't really think, here's what I think. I don't exactly think that um, it's exact. Uh, let's put it like this. I think that the, there's, there's a lot of fault on both sides. Um, I think that most men are basically helpless, which kind of sucks to be honest. Like, there's a big fault on their side, too. I just think that a lot of the power to do something resides in the women's shoes. And I could be wrong about this. Um, because, like, here's, how, here's what I think. Is there's these, you know, these guys that aren't doing so hot. They don't know what the fuck to do. They have no resources or whatever. Then there's the women who are the selectors that... Um, well, why do you think that women yeah. are the selectors? They generally are because that's their... That's just been the case biologically for a huge period of time. I know a it's lot of a... women who feel that men are the selectors and they feel like they're not having luck in dating. Well, that's because well, they're aiming I for think... those handful of guys that all, that have all the power. I don't agree. Well, I think in general, well, I Robbie, think what Dan is saying, the, this being the selector, meaning women women kind of hold the, the sex card and men kind of hold the relationship card or the commitment but card. But why do you think that? I know a lot of women that want sex and can't get it. Well, that's that's certainly well. That's that's interesting, but um, 
I tend to I agree with Robbie. Women are the sexual selectors and men are the relationship selectors. And that's why, like, Ronman, if you think about, like, um, you know, the traditional tropes of, like, met women who are slutty not being as high value and, like, a man who just falls all over himself in love with every woman he meets, like, then you're not, you don't feel special if he wants yeah, you to be Yeah, but I don't believe in those traditional that. tropes and those aren't my experience. Oh, interesting. I, <laughs> I have felt that. Like, I would value mm-hmm. a guy less. I would value a guy less if he just fell in love with every woman like it wouldn't be very very meaningful and i think and men so- value women less if they just follow fall in love with every man yeah in general That's i true. think if yeah if you feel like they're just gonna fall for anyone you don't feel special i just i i think that i sometimes think that and especially in this conversation that we create this gender disparity that in my experience doesn't exist i know men and women who are successful in dating. I know men and women who aren't successful in dating and want different things. I know men and women that want just sex and can't get it. I know men and women that really want as a solid, lasting, monogamous relationship and can't get it. And so I I little bit just reject this entire construct. But I mean, I, I think we need you're always you're obviously gonna find evidence for, you know, certain situations that defy the general population, but yeah. So, where are you getting your uh, data on the general population? Well, let's just women look at... love data. <laughs> All right, let's let's look at online. Women dating, love data. Right? Give um, me data. Yeah, eighty <laughs> percent of the matches on online yeah. dating are going to twenty percent of the men, right? And well, now it's actually Tinder... more. It's how does it go? And how does it go? And how does it go in the opposite direction? It's, Isn't that it's the a same? Fifty-fifty distribution. What? So basically, the way that it works. If you look at a normal distribution curve, the way that men rate women, it's a one's a one, a two's a two, a three is a four, a three is a three, basically up to a nine's a nine, a ten is a ten. But for online dating, it kind of works as a one is a zero, a two's a zero, a three is a zero, four is a zero, five is a zero, a six is a zero, a seven's a one, an eight's a two, a nine's a five, and a ten's a ten. That's so, how women rate men? Yes. How do men rate women? The same way. Like I said, no. From no? an actual, like, a four is a four, a six is a six, an eight's an eight. But what's so, the data, Robbie, on this? How do you how do you know this for sure? This is just what Tinder's put out. And based on based on the statistics that they've, that they've found in, you know, who's getting the matches. And so you're, uh, so you're saying, so you're saying on Tinder, for example, there is a whole nope. section of men, a whole set of men. That's not getting any matches. Zero. And then a certain, a zero. And then a certain section is, whereas for women, almost all women on Tinder are getting some matches. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Correct. But don't you need Um, a control? uh, What do you mean? uh, uh, Bron, Drumrun, can you uh, raise your camera up a little bit? Oh, yeah. I think it Um, might be. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is the uh, this is why I sent you that book, Dataclism. You can read this in Dataclism, Melanie, Mm -hmm. or like literally anywhere. But uh, this is the case on like 700 million um, data points or something. It's literally the case on every single site ever. But Um, but what about the control? What about the control? What is the control? How do we know? So you're saying like these people are ones and twos and threes and whatever, and they're not being rated that way online. Are they actually being rated that way in real life too? Is there a control where you see, oh, here are 100 women. Here's how men rate them in real life. Here's how they rate them on dating or whatever. Like, how do you know that the rating is accurate? Like, what's the control? So if you pull up your stats on Tinder as a man, and you'll see this all over Reddit, there'll be guys who are clearly 
you know, he's 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 not a zero. He's not a one. He's not even a two. He's like a five, right? He's just like a, a halfway decent looking guy who works and maybe makes, you know, 50, 60,000 a year. And that guy has zero matches out of, you know, thousands and thousands of swipes, zero dates, and just nothing at all to show for it. And then you'll see a woman who's clearly much, much worse. And then you look at her stats and they're way better. And but isn't can, Tinder sexual? It's, it's still, like a sexual it's also still a tough. De, it's still a tough definition. Like, are we agreed on the definition of a three? What does that mean? This is all a, a little well, crazy. Yeah, you can, like, you can obviously, like, you know, you could debate whether the whether he's a six or a four <laughs> or five, but like, he's not a he's not a, he's not he's not so bad that he's getting nothing. And then you'll also see a guy who's okay. But but, but I'm just gonna say I. I take your data point that if you're saying a certain number of men, a certain percentage of men on Tinder are getting zero matches, fine. But if, but when we start getting into a one is a two, whatever, that's uh, totally subjective. That's ridiculous. We don't have objective criteria for this. That's not well, data. The, well, let's ask you. This objective criteria for this is a two is a, at the 20th percentile of like what the matches should be. It's just as the 20th percentile of like, but, what, just but, like but I heard a should. I heard a should. Should isn't in math. That's uh, a subjective. Well, no, I mean that's what. That's just like how <laughs> math works. So much. So let, let, let me ask works. the ladies here. What is what is should mean? No, me someone has Melody to define the parameters. What does should mean? What does should mean? What does should mean? What is a three should get a certain number of matches? Then what's a three? You're you're creating your own definitions. Truly, no, it's hilarious. No, the scale is from one to ten, so a three is at the thirtieth percentile of the matches. A three is at the thirtieth percentile. Yes, but you're, has... no, but you're working backwards. You're, well, you're you already know how 10. many matches she gets. You're destroying your whole logic. You're saying you're using the same number for two separate reasons. You're defining that she's a three from the number of matches she gets, but then you're comparing to a man who you say is a three who gets zero matches. So how do you define that he's a three if he's getting zero matches? Then he's a zero. Where this math doesn't make well, sense. So the spirit of the claim is that men are kind of getting an I understand unfair... the spirit of the claim. I'm telling you your data is complete nonsense. This has been my criticism as well. I feel like the data is incredibly subjective. Wait, There's wait, wait. no control for ratings. It is. It's like, so, Melanie, what you're saying is basically only like the, you know, rightfully so, only the fucking, yeah. you know, top 20% of guys should get matches because all the other guys. That's, that's there's that's the, the there's the should again. This is what not I'm, math. You're making shit up. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is the way you could prove your point. Here's what I would need to see to prove your point. I would need to see guys. I would need to see an objective rating from men to women, like in, in just some control setting and an objective rating from men from vice versa. And then we see to compare over, to Tinder. Yes. Yeah. We see over what uh, some statistical, some statistically relevant sample, what these people are rated as. Right. So we have at least some, some definitions. Here's a three, here's a four, here's a five. Then we put those people on Tinder and see Correct. if that matches to their percentile. You give Correct. me that data, I'm in. I'm in. Correct. I'm give me Correct. That data. You Correct. can, but you're still going to get the same result because, like, look, only the 80% of the guys are getting zero matches. It's just like the math, math, mathematical 
representation of okay, like where the masks are going. That's why I said from the beginning, that's the only statistic that has any meaning whatsoever in this conversation. And everything else about the numbers is absolute nonsense. And it has no meaning whatsoever. Well, that's it's not data. I mean, that, that's technically true, but still you can say that like, um, you, that's technically true, but still you can say that like, you know, 0.5% of the guys are getting what, like 60% of the matches. It's not sure, that. So extreme, let's but just close. go from there. Let's talk about that. Well, That's I mean, fine. it's like we're just using the numbers to like illustrate that point. It's making, it's trying to make it easier. But like, well, it just, doesn't we're make it easier. Illustrating the inequality. We're if illustrating Tinder is the inequality. a sexual marketplace, though, if t- if Tinder is a sexual marketplace and everyone's just like trying to get the hottest person that they can, and people That's understand that women, but you said Tinder is well, not really is a place case. where people go for relationships. You well, said, because like, it doesn't work. <laughs> Hold on, we're well, conflating the. But it's of not things. geared towards relationships, right? It's geared towards hookups, like something like Hinge or something else would be more geared towards relationships, right? Um, that's how that tends oh. to be true, yeah. But there's still issues with both. I mean, to be fair, I think it was a hard problem to solve. And um, what do you think would happen in a say. bar? Do you think that in a bar, the hottest men wouldn't have the women flocking to them? Do you think it would just? It would happen in a bar, by the way. But here's the thing of what really happens online is that there's this uh, availability heuristic that happens so that you're constantly putting, you're basically what's happening is like, you know, to want something, it has to be like separate from like what your current reality is, right? Because if you have it, you're already there. You, you like, you can't desire it, right? So what's happening is all these like, you basically people have been chasing their desires like on steroids with these online mechanisms. And so this has kind of thrown everything out of whack where basically most people are no longer desirable. I think this is pretty easy to understand. This is just, this is just the way that people work. And so now everything, um, you know, the Tinder or whatever only puts like the hottest people in front of you. Uh, and so does social media. It's all in front of your fucking face. And it appears like that's reality. That's like, what's, you know, what's the majority, well, maybe not the majority, but it looks like that's super attainable. Um, and so the yeah. differences in a bar is that in a bar, if it was just like bars, it would be it would become like this much less fast because there'd still be a million guys out there or whatever, million women. And so both sides should be far more easy, easily, easily able to get what they're what they want in a bar had like that been the reality of the past. And that was the reality of the past for a while, by the way, after the sexual revolution. People were quite happy for a while, um, but uh, only until recently with the rise of Facebook, you can see like a sharp decline in mental health and all these problems uh, starting to exist with basically the rise well, of social media. So, so I don't think one that's just issues, because of dating, though, but go on. One, one of the issues that we see a lot with online dating is that men and women don't necessarily use it for the same reasons. For example, there's a big... You know, I don't, I don't know the exact percentage, but there's a percentage of women who use online dating for validation and validation only. They have no intention of That's going on a date. That's a really good point, yes. And they just use it because, hey, why not? Like, yeah. maybe I'll think about using it. May, you know, maybe Based I'm on, on the rebound. Based on what are you basing that on? Why don't you basing that on? Does that? I got to recommend that. I don't know anyone that does that. You guys that. are kind of brutal. Um, they've, they've, by the way, <laughs> Are you getting that from that. the Are you getting from that? Oh, from people admitting it. Is that anecdotally or is that data? Uh, how about some stats? How about nine percent of people actually meet from on that from Tinder? For, is Could that be because the men they're talking to are horrifying? But still, um, that begs the question of if they're on oh, there, right? Suggest like, the question doesn't beg the question. Different philosophical term. That is, uh, you're, you're you're incorrectly using begs the question. Yes. 
I, I have a question. You know, we know I, what you mean. I, I have a question. Um, if you <laughs> think that 90 something percent of the men are horrifying, is the problem that is the problem that they're actually horrifying? Because like by definition, like how can 95% really be that bad? That was a bit tongue in cheek, but I'm asking how you know that women are using it just for validation. Could it be that they're going on and not finding things that they want? And that could be based on conversations they're having with men as opposed to looking at their pictures? Where are you getting? You're like, you're, it's, there's so many factors in this and you're simple. So you're I've, just like creating this simple conclusion. I don't know where it comes from. I've, I've interviewed and personally asked. No, no, tell hundreds. me the data. How do you know? You've asked hundreds of women and they've told you that they're going on for validation purely. Yes. So these are women oh. that, that have come on different trips I've organized. And these are women who are hundreds, hundreds. Yes. And they have literally this admitted to me, I have no intention of ever using Tinder. I just have it as entertainment. And why not? Like I go on there, I see all this stuff. I'm never going to check and read all those messages. Okay. But if you're hey, if you're I've telling us that I, if phone. you're telling us that I believe you, that's not my experience. I admit it's only anecdotally. Um, yeah, that's surprising to me. Have well, to say. I, it's not mine either, though. And I think that like there's a caliber or there there's a class of women that might be doing it, but it's not like the intelligent like. Oh, 100%. Also, also, do you think no, do you think there are men? Do you think there are men that are doing what? If not. Men, I, men aren't doing it because if if they did get an actual match or a date from a woman they found attractive, they would consider it and they would probably go. Because they're much more like the idea, the 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 sexual drive for a man, in terms of just like pure, hey, there's a sexual thing. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to care. I'm just going to go do it. That drive is a lot stronger. They say it's like nine times stronger. What is that stronger. based on? Nine times. Oh, more data. Where's What's that based on? I know a lot of women with actual, very strong I don't sexual have drives. Study. So, okay. <laughs> if you light up <laughs> nine women and, and a guy to, will you, will you sleep with those women, right? The guy's going to say, sure, no problem. I'll do it, right? Are women going to behave and the same no way? No matter men what the they throne? look like? If they're attracted to them. Okay. Same. Do you think like, it's different for a woman? What makes you think that? Just the idea that like a mistake could end up in a nine month pregnancy. There are condoms and birth control. Sure, but there's way more at risk for a woman than there is for a man. There's not that much with condoms and birth control. I know a lot of very promiscuous women. I don't, I, I'm willing to accept this um, conjecture, Robbie, but I can't, I don't think you can base it on that. If you, if you want to make the argument that women select mates more carefully because of the ingrained like.
Uh, so a couple things. Um, yeah, totally. There are women with high sexual standards or high sex drives. Excuse me. Totally, hundred percent. But what I basically agree with what Melanie said is that the, the the bar for what a guy will sleep with is far far lower than what most women will sleep with, which is probably fine actually. A woman with a really high sex drive. Oh, a woman with a really high sex drive. Is she's go? It, do you think she's going to like basically just go? bang a random dude on the internet that she's never met or do you think she's more likely to go bang someone that is vetted and maybe not a you know a crazy random internet person i think there might be a slight difference because only because of women's fear of violence which is legitimate because those statistics are definitely real of a man hurting a woman in a random sexual encounter as opposed to a woman hurting a man so maybe exactly. that, but I, I don't, but like, don't, th- don't put numbers. Don't say nine times. Cause that's nonsense. You have your, that's based on nothing. Well, I, I have the, I, I, I saw the study. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't prove it, but that's the, the, the basically going to sleep with a men are nine times more likely to, to just go for sex with, with I'm botching the, the actual study, okay. but effectively men are way 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 more likely to just go fuck than women will because of all the dangers and the the different drivers in terms of attraction women select a lot harder for sex whereas men select a lot harder for right, so, so getting so getting back to what we're talking so the, the point of this was that women are more likely to use tinder for validation whereas men if they're get if they get a response from a woman they find attractive whereas a woman might just take the validation and move on, a man would actually meet up with this person and do something about it. That's what I mean, you're saying. More likely, yeah. I, I mean, so yeah. you know, like, obviously there's violence on both sides too. Women have domestic violence also, but not nearly to the same extent that, that men do. I mean, of it's course like there's first encounter. Ex- exceptions, of course. Uh, it's just like... I mean, what, there's no danger. Men, men don't actually think they're going to meet up with a girl and, and be in danger yeah, of physical rare. violence. I'm just, I'm only pointing this out because... It's just much more likely that a woman would use Tinder for validation. Not, And of course, maybe some guy, I guess some narcissistic guy also might. But uh, I'm it's, sure there's it's much some more likely guys to be one way it. than the other just because of like the way that matches work. Because the matches are more, there's more men on Tinder looking to meet women. There's that, by the way, one statistic I wanted to throw out for the Tinder was that 30% of men... Uh, are married on tinder which is interesting maybe maybe some are looking for yeah i mean what the fuck um maybe those guys are looking for validation i don't know but uh i had there's so many things about tinder like uh one that's quite interesting is it's 92 percent more inefficient than more it's more efficient than 92 percent of world economies is this is the statistic that's often quoted on the internet uh which makes it kind of an ugly thing to try i mean there's and I, I mean, I don't think, I just think there's a lot of barriers to get through before. Most well, my, my whole premise, the, are. my yeah. entire coaching is convincing guys to get off of online dating and to use other avenues to meet women. And just because it's, it's wildly ineffective unless you're incredibly high on the, you know, sexual market value totem pole. I guess my input is just that I, I agree with your advice, but I don't understand why it's so male-focused. And I think it's the same for men and women. I think you just are better off meeting people in person. You're more likely to form a real connection because I don't even agree with this whole marketplace idea in the first place. 
See, I don't. I just don't have the. I don't coach women, so I'm not saying it's not true. I do not agree with that at all. I think that that the efficiency of online dating and the pool of people you can meet instantly, connect with, whatever. I think that that is a big advantage. I I think there's clear downside to it in terms of connection, but I feel like the 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 wider of a net you can cast to meet someone who. Robbie put up something, guys. Yes, Um, yes. Also, so you know, I think. I mean, I think Robbie is specifically meant by uh, referring to physical attractiveness because, as we're talking about earlier, unless you're in the top twenty percent to even get looked at, um, you're not going to get any matches at all, based on how attractive you are. This is Robbie's stats. Whose stats are these? These are a client's stats. I'm going to rewalk in, but you go ahead and explain this. What do you think about them as a person? Oh, I I think so. This is a guy who who came to me. Due, due to this, right? He swiped 95,000 times. He's been on Tinder for three years. Uh, and you can see he's 13,000 right swipes, only 171 matches, 123 chats, one date, and then nothing in the hookup department. Um, so you can... <laughs> and this guy was Can you not... show us a picture of this guy? Or maybe uh, a picture I of can't. someone like him? Yeah, basically just, just picture... Picture a guy who's like a five and a half out of ten, like a six out of ten, like a, a decent looking, not can we have not some stats? Fat, not fat. Uh, These are stats. Computer programmer, right? Is is in shape? Hold on, let me stop sharing this. In shape, computer programmer, um, makes ninety thousand a year. Uh, lives in Chicago. Um, not not weird. Not anything sort of wrong with him. Uh, not the best dressed. Poor fashion um, has, you know, basically a uh, a simp, as they say online, right? A kind of a, like a an inauthentic nice guy, right? Um, and just, you know, no no skills as far as communication. Very poor texture. Very, you know, no no humor. Um, but just like a decent guy who women constantly tell him, "You'll make a great partner for someone one day." Just not me, but. You know, he he has hooked up with women in, in the past in college. He's you know, he's he's a six out of ten. I don't know how else to say it. And, and basically in every walk in life. You should some show some of the women's stats on the other side. They're uh, pretty interesting too, but you get some really crazy metrics of I just don't know what the average metrics are because it's important to like be a little bit centered with the analysis. But there will be girls that swipe like, you know, seventy thousand times. And like for a whole fucking year and then finally get in a relationship kind of thing or like barely meet up with anyone or like meet up with like less than i i can't I, i'll misquote the stats but like you'll see some really extreme metrics in the opposite direction too my tinder stats i mean when i was on tinder it was it was a different thing but oh so you know Molly, I, by the way tinder's changed a lot in the last 10 years so yeah so, so i was really my tinder heyday was like 10 years ago and i found it to be fucking incredible i had the best conversations with guys i went out on dates all the time with people that i met they were all not all oh, of them tinder, were 10 out of 10 like tinder they were but they were all really interesting and and cool and whatever like up until like 2016 really um i have the same like, experience on tinder 2013 to 2016 i was living in new york city and it was unbelievably good i mean obviously i was you know, that's very efficient about about my profile um but it was it was great and then mm-hmm. it it stopped being great <laughs> well what, what's the reason you think it stopped being great 
I, I already explained the reason, Melanie. The reason is that you have to, to, in order to desire something, you have to get to the state where it's like, it Instagram. has to be. Yes, exactly. Well, basically, uh, people wanted things and they kept getting them. Actually, that's exactly what happened. And so people's standards keep rising. This is how desire works. It's like if you keep eating, you know, if you never eat fucking pizza for a really long time and all of a sudden you have pizza, it's going to be amazing. But if you have pizza every fucking day, it goes down in value. So what happened well, is basically people's desires mechanisms like kind of rose and rose and rose to the point of where now it's really fucking hard. And we're playing on this global level where. Well, here's what fucked. Here's what fucked Tinder. It's Instagram. Um, and what what happened on Instagram is kind of what I alluded to before. It's men who are high status become have a humongous advantage and end up effectively controlling the marketplace and women, men who are low status have, have nothing. And what Instagram does, it, it gives women everywhere the allure and the access to these high status guys because they're getting matches with them. They're talking to them on Instagram. They're interacting with them, which makes them think, Oh, I deserve a guy who is that high status. Why would I go out with this loser on Tinder if I can get this guy, if this guy's messaging me? And because of See, the mismatch. Dan has said this to me as well. He's like, um, he has said that uh, that a woman like has an experience like this and then somehow they're, they're just fucked for the rest of their life because they they now will compare every person to them. I kind of think that's nonsense. Like, I feel like you can have sex. Let's just take a, a super basic example. You can have sex with a model and it can, you know, that is what it is. I, and I, I think it's insane for someone to say, okay, I just had sex with a model. Therefore, every next person I be with is going to have to be that or better. I don't think anyone really thinks that. And, and maybe a small subset of the population does have their expectations warped because why wouldn't you calibrate to like the highest common denominator that you're able to achieve? But I, 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 don't, I don't think the well, majority of people... I, to be clear, I, I should have said this. I'm not talking about the average woman. I'm talking about a young, naive woman. I'm talking about a woman in maybe 18 to 22 who is pretty green to the dating market, but she is getting like, you know, she's extremely beautiful and she's getting all of this attention online. It's like, why would she go out with the guy in her class when she's getting hit up by the, you know, the NBA player on Tinder and on Instagram? And so... I think the maturity level of men and women is radically, you know, seven years. I think men mature later than women. And therefore, like a lot of the mismatch in the marketplace, I think a lot of what Dan might be experiencing is he's interacting with a lot of these women who are in their early 20s and they just don't have the experience to, to really like understand his value in the marketplace. And they're idiots, right? They're just, young I have a great idiots. suggestion. I solved it. I solved it. <laughs> I have an amazing <laughs> suggestion. Dan, do you know what I'm going to say? I think I do. Um, I want to say that uh, I uh, actually, for this one, I don't know if I have. I'm trying to think if this is relevant to me necessarily. I'm not sure if it is or not, but it's something that I've seen quite a lot. Based my on suggestion my is other people. date women your own age. <laughs> oh, I do. No. Well, um, <laughs> to be so fair, a couple, you so know, a couple of things. Uh, I don't know how many women actually do this, by the way. And I have to reemphasize that it's really, really largely, it really seems largely, especially an American thing, because it's more of an American thing to really, you know, go after the best thing possible. It's like this ambitious trait I personally find to be 
especially American, whereas it's just not the case with other people where they, or other cultures where they value like family and things like that, like over, oh, I got to have the best experience and all that, blah, blah, blah. And frankly, I don't know how many women it applies to. Um, it's just my, like well, the general question, theme what I send. I think maybe I'm biased on this. Melanie, do you, do you go after men your own age? Well, I'm in a relationship, but yes, and I would never go after men younger. Uh, I, I made that mistake a couple times. Um, well, that's my point. It's you would never go after a man younger, right? Because why? Because my experience has been poor. I wouldn't rule out that a younger man could not be mature. But as an aggregate, I think that it's hard to connect with people across um I don't want to say generations because that's a huge exaggeration, but I feel like a, there there needs to be some kind of sync in where you are in life. Of course, people can be more mature or less mature or whatever, or be seeking like more of a father figure or whatever. But I, I did not feel like I wanted to deal with the bullshit of young 20 somethings when I was at 30, you know? Sure. Well, what I've seen and myself included, I feel like men mature, you know, seven years later than most women. Like I, I'm married now, I'm monogamous, but up until I was 38, the only thing I wanted to do was, you know, hook up with, you know, young, hot chicks on a boat. Like, that's why I threw these yacht parties to effectively have that, you know, outcome in my life. And then I got to a point where I was just sick of that and I didn't give a shit anymore. But um, I an experience that most men, I feel like, you know, if they don't do that, I, I constantly work with clients who who come to me and they're like, I got married at a young age. I married my high school sweetheart or my college girlfriend. I didn't have those experiences. I didn't become a confident, attractive man. My wife, you know, cheated on me. She left me. She dumped me. And now I need to actually figure out these things. And now they're kind of going back to that period. So what do you tell them? What's the advice? What do you, what's like a, can you give us an example of a problem men have and a way you fix it? So I'm really curious about your approach to this. Um, can you, that's kind of vague. So what do you mean? Like you, know, a you must buy the book if you want to know more. Um, <laughs> like, oh, come well, on. <laughs> if you were to ask me like in poker, like what's, what's a common problem you see pretty ubiquitously and, and why do you feel qualified to solve it or, or what sort okay, of knowledge common, do you impart a, a common to problem. that kind of um, thing? Yeah. Sure. Okay. A common problem is, is men effectively being simps or nice guys or using the strategy of, of being nice and friendly to attract women and that doesn't work. And these guys are constantly in the friend zone. They're getting passed over for the fuck boys, you could say. Right. And they're like, I'm doing all the things. I have a good job. I have a good career. I'm a nice guy, you know, but I'm I'm not attracting women that are even remotely within my caliber. But every girl's telling me, oh, you'd be perfect for my friend. You'd be but OK, I, I think we're really getting this. I feel like we're getting to the meat of it now. Do you think that they're failing because they're being nice or do you think that they're failing for another reason? And if they had something else and were also nice, they would be doing great. Cause that's what I think they're failing. Cause they don't understand psychology. They don't understand what, how attraction works. They don't understand how to communicate in a way that's attractive versus versus I think, not. I think so let's say I'm a nice guy employing your services. <laughs> what, what do I do, Robbie? So you, you basically, you stop trying to trick women into bed by being nice and you start being direct. You start confronting rejection. You put yourself out there, you get off the online dating sites where you're getting no love and you start, you know, there's, there's a two, 
that two-pronged approach. You build your social circle. So you you meet other cool guys and you effectively try to meet other women who are high status. You try to befriend women instead of trying to get laid all the time. You actually make female friends and you level up your social life. You don't try yeah, to- Yeah, but I, I, th- I think this whole, th- the like, I feel like the whole idea of it's, to the extent that this is about ultimately tricking women into being with you, I think it's going to be a failure and should be a failure. If sure. you're advising that people become, <clears throat> well, y- you said that that's what some people are trying to do. And it sounds like you're advising them not to, but it still sounds like you're advising them to like try a different strategy, a longer, longer well, game to get women into bed. But I think that what we should be advising is just that you live your life, form real connections, and probably one of those will be a romantic connection. And that's it. Well, the, the trick wow. is trying to be nice because that's already the trick. They're trying to nice their way into bed and women find that repulsive. Right. Yeah. So what I'm telling them to do instead is actually be direct, have a backbone, go after what you want, be okay with rejection, build your social skills, build your, your status become someone of a high value and then it all happens naturally, but you can't. Right, I agree. I'm sa- yeah. I'm, I'm saying be, a, yeah, being nice isn't, isn't a problem. It's just, I you, can't be nice for, you can't pretend to be I, nice I'm for saying, the wrong reason. I'm saying it up. You're actually nice. nice. That's great. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. We're, we agree. We agree. Yeah. I think Bronwyn was concerned that you were saying nice is not the good <laughs> tactic. Do this instead of being nice for the long game. <laughs> like, as a yeah, like I don't like the idea of these tactics at all because I also just don't think they work. I think the only thing that works is if if you let go of needing a relationship, live your life, and form real connections. Um, well, tactics I have never a few work. things it's to the principles. Say. Yeah, you, have to, you know, you have to you have to first understand psychology, understand the principles that actually work, and then once you do, if you utilize tactics from a from the right place, they can be effective. But that's the whole problem with pickup. It's just a bunch of tactics. So you're, it's whipped cream on shit. You're, t- you're basically <laughs> taking a guy who's, who's shit yeah. and throwing some whipped cream on it. Ah, great. Like, that's not going to work. Women are going to see through what that. Were you gonna- um, um, so I, I think like a really big, uh, I want to I almost want to call it an elephant in the room. Um, that's really important to break out of these kind of situations is, uh, I mean, there's a couple things, but there's also something that, is very difficult and going to be very difficult for most guys. Uh, and I don't really know how this ends up being solved, but a big part really is um, the social circle. I think that would actually matter as much or more than getting in shape to fix these kinds of things. And then there has to be, as uh, Bronwyn said, um, some kind of like, uh, some kind of value that has to be added in some kind of way. Um, I, the question that I would ask is, I mean, Robbie's, like from my understanding, what Robbie's saying is like be more direct and like, I mean that's definitely true. You have to make moves. You have to show intent and all that st- stuff. Like that matters way. That's way better than like, say like doing nothing and hoping things work out. I mean that that could work if you're high value enough, I guess. Um, the and giving women the right kind of emotions, like having that social finesse or panache or whatever Melody wants to call it. Um, the question I would have to ask is like, what is this like? what is this extra something that most guys can give? Because I don't think it's really that easy of a question to answer. I mean, I think if a guy really has like a good reputation in his social circle and there's lots of women in it, like he's a, 
you know, like he's a doctor and there's lots of nurses or whatever it is, or he's a DJ and he knows lots of women or he's a well-known DJ. Like I can see that totally working. Well, this is why I reject the whole idea, the whole concept of a market, because I don't think it's like, uh, I don't think it's like buying a microwave that just like works or it doesn't. I think there's something much more to human connections. And so I don't think it makes sense to value everyone on the same set of metrics. I actually think that certain people have chemistries and have shared interests. And so this entire, I really just, I don't understand this entire concept. I don't think it makes sense to talk about like, so what can every guy do beyond being nice that will help? I don't think that exists. I think some guys can do a certain thing that will appeal to a certain woman and other guys will do another thing that appeals to a different woman. Well, it's, so well, I, I have something agree to say to you. that. I, I, I mean, um, uh, why don't, can I go first in the you, Robbie? Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, Dan, go for I, it. I think that the, 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 there's there's truth in that, but there's still like, you know, metrics that have market-like features, especially when you pigeonhole them to how Tinder works, where it's literally you have to swipe right or swipe left based on pictures. Then like it functions as a fucking market because it's fu- because literally it's well, yeah, designed and to be that's such. That's why and I understand your criticisms with Tinder. I mean, it basically is just it's pictures, and you can make a stupid little bio and then like have a stupid little text conversation, but it's not real meeting. So I, I think we are in agreement there that online dating is a different thing and does have a lot of problems. Yeah. Well, it's just too superficial. Which which is to your point, Bronwyn, is that like you you're not able to to feel chemistry or to understand these certain things because you're immediately just swiping based on how they look, right? Disagree, fully disagree. You disagree that people are swiping based on how they look? Of course they are. (laughs) No, duh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is a there is a there is a tangible thing to chemistry online. Like consider like remember like the golden era of AIM and like all that stuff. You have these like super long. Yeah, but I think that like let's say, let's say, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Melanie. You can have a te- you can have a chemistry over text yeah. messaging. Absolutely agree. But yeah. there is there are people actually. I have many experiences with this. That if I saw them on Tinder, I would swipe left. And we when we've met in person, we have chemistry. That's why I tell I my clients to that. meet women in real life. Yeah. But by the same token, there's there's other people that you can connect with who you might who you might not have ever met in real life. And the the big thing about Tinder, right, via your graph is like conversion, right? There's a there's a huge drop off from swipes to talks to dates to whatever. But if you make it to the talk stage, I completely reject that there is nothing a guy can say and nothing a guy can do. Like I still think about to this day. I mean, like I don't think about it constantly. But but when Tinder comes up, I think about this guy. He he wasn't like that hot or whatever. He was just average normal but he had this picture as his front picture he was like lying on a bed like sideways and you know the porn star position and there was a laptop open in front of like his crotch to a picture of a fireplace and it was so fucking funny i swiped right on him and i think many other women would have done the same and that's an example of like personality being able to trump that stuff i know i know i'm just giving one anecdotal example but i think of something like that or i think of things like people have said to me on text that i could easily determine if i were compatible with them or not and it was a very efficient way to meet people whereas you have to like it's just so much like the analog version, I guess you could say, of, of live just takes so much more time to go through some of these interactions. I think they both have benefits and, and disadvantages. No, I, put this, I put the stat back I, up there because they're only I getting 150, 
it's just never happening for guys, right? Like getting to that point that you're talking about is so rare. And but you're saying only... he's a five. You're saying he's a five and six, he's still getting six. what, 60 matches a year? He's getting um, he's getting a couple of, he's getting like a few good matches every month. Like you could convert that into some dates, I think. I mean, he, he didn't. He's getting what, five <laughs> matches a month? Five matches a month. So you're getting a different match every week and then some. Five and you can't have a conversation. Yeah, like nothing. That's that's like you're you're that's like you're, you're fucked. Torture. Yeah, you're fucked. Like just look, think... look at the swipes compared to Also look like, at the matches. Look, yeah. I love data. I really do. I love seeing something like this, but I believe there is there are things guys can do firstly to get more matches with that's why we have I think the selection the selection oh, totally of photos is so bad that guys usually put after well, that I think you can have better point. opening lines like there's this, there's just improvement but you're still selecting for looks right like to but, to get but, to in that conversation he has to cross a, a threshold of okay maybe he's not exactly my type but I'll consider him if his game and personality is great yeah, but Melanie just offered an example of something that's in a picture. That's I have swinger. done her. I have done that. I have I, been I've like, oh, some... he's not quite my type, but let's see. For but sure. in person, I... but in person, let's say a guy's completely not your type. Like, let's say he's gross or not. Sorry, not gross. But let's say he's physically just not your type at all. If that guy is incredibly funny and, and basically flips the right switches that, you know, make you emotionally invested no you could overcome the looks as well you, no. you've never met a, you've never dated a guy who's like this guy's not a, my type at all there's of course but there's a threshold there's like there's and maybe you're in line you're you would, arguing you that the threshold is lower live and i i yes. still think people select for looks really hard on really hard live i think if, like I, I don't think no but i have to agree with dan because i have i have examples i just said there are people i'm actually i'm seeing someone right now who if i saw him on a dating app i would have swiped left we have amazing I, chemistry. He's so great and funny, and that wouldn't have happened online. And yeah, I have um uh, some more data to add to the story, or some Ooh, more fun please. facts for you guys. Please, so, I'm ready for more data. Oh, so as it turns out, um, turned out to be funny is like not very easy, <laughs> and um, you for know, there are various us, different audiences for this. Uh, there's various different audiences for different kinds of humor. I mean, this is one of the things that um, you know, com comedians find out and all that. But, uh, you know, even there was a group uh, that was ran by, uh, what was it called? I forget its name, but there was like a, there's at least one group of online dating coaches. Uh, maybe you know who I'm talking about, um, Robbie, that literally like tried a million lines and like found out which ones worked the best. And then they Endless sold options? their product on the internet. Yes, that's what it was. Endless options run by that dude, Jesse, yep. and their crew. Uh, and they they used a really hard data approach. And, uh, you know, I heard some of these lines. And let me tell you, some of them landed like crazy. Um, well, that's and then the I point. tried a bunch of my own stuff. And it would work on a varying degree, even if I thought it was funny or whatever. I, like, hated the idea of using someone else's fucking line all the time. Um, but uh, so well, there's this loads is... of this data. And they even offered a service so that they could, like, they would like do the online dating for you. So as a matter of fact, like now um, online dating is getting to this point where like no one wants to do with it uh, or not no one, but people want to just pay people to deal with it. And now there's these watches. But this to me this comes back to it not making sense like of, to, uh, to speak of these things as if there's some objective standard. I mean, if, because, okay. So say you tell a joke, someone likes it, it's on your profile and then you talk and that's actually not your sense of humor at all, then if your goal is to get a girlfriend, 
And that's probably not going to work. So probably you should be yourself, which I know annoys people. And then you'll find someone you actually connect with. And I tell this to my female friends too. I see this all the time. I see women presenting this picture of themselves that's not themselves at all. And then they go on a couple dates and it doesn't work out. And it's because the person wasn't attracted to, they were attracted to an illusion. They weren't attracted to you. Or catfished. Yeah, kind of like on a, you know, it's a very low degree, but yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but also like the jokes that people make aren't always like there's quite some variance even to the jokes that people make. I'm sure you've had this experience where you've had dates that have gone really well with someone and just don't, you know, you have another date and it just doesn't go that well for some reason. I mean, surely that's happened with you. I mean, sometimes I myself, I, I'm not always the same person on dates for whatever reason. I have to get in like a special well, mood to like be really well, jokey or whatever. And then there's, oh, um, you don't say. Uh, what, I, what I like to tell people. What I like to tell people is that like online dating and Instagram, it's fake, right? The money's real, but it's fake. The outcome's real, but everything online is fake. Like the pictures are fake. People are Photoshopping stuff. The conversations that you might be having with that guy who's so interesting could be canned lines. You know, I give my clients like lists of, of scripts to follow and variations of scripts to follow. And then if the, the girl calls them out for like, you're clearly using a script, there's a line saying, yeah, of course I'm using a script. I'd be an idiot to actually spend my time thinking of individual messages for each girl because there's so many women on here that never intend to go on a date. See, and I, the reject say, yes. I reject that so fucking much. I hate that. I hate being people like, well, I don't get enough, so let's just gain this out or whatever. I, I like the intelligence to bot it out, but I, but I feel like I feel <laughs> like you need to put in time and effort if you desire a high-quality yeah. outcome. Well, that and is the time. Think- that is the time and effort you're putting in. Is you're learning the scripts. You're learning the, to. The, the data doesn't do agree that. with you on this one. The data, uh, the data agrees with Robbie in that you should start with like some canned opener or something like that because, like, it's far, far, far more efficient to do that, and you only lose like twenty five percent of your matches. But I don't matches, think you should be that- efficient. I don't think you need to be efficient with that part of your effort. I think let's say you're twice, you're twice it's as just inefficient. The but it results in a 25% better outcome, do it. It's an important endeavor. Like, but I, I, I want to go even further back. I, I don't even understand. I don't even understand the project of finding a girlfriend. Like, like I want to find a girlfriend, whatever it takes. If I have to hire someone to make this joke, if I have to like pretend to be someone else for a while, like why do you even want that? I don't, I, I just really don't understand why aren't you just living your life and like, if a co- connection comes along, great. What do people want a girlfriend a for? For a thirsty guy who's not getting laid and, and he's, he has no sort so of- So go to a prostitute. But that doesn't solve the problem of companionship and, and love and connection. Neither does this. You're not finding real love and connection if you're pretending to be someone else. So let's just die alone. I think that was the die alone path. The, the, the guy who we're, ta- who we're speaking about is is not of sound mind, right? He's so. Well, the guy or woman, because I meet these people too. Yes, but so then why are you coaching them? Why don't you coach them to go down a different path? But why are you coaching woman, them to find a girlfriend that's not compatible with them at all? That's not going to lead to fulfillment. What do you mean? Not we're not coaching them to find a girlfriend that's not compatible. But they're not going to be compatible if he's pretending to be someone else to find them. I don't think Robbie we're talking about we're we're talking about like a the the random guy who's thirsty online Mm -hmm. who's I kind of lost. We're talking about messaging guys online. We're 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 talking about we're talking about guys online 
We're talking about guys online who want a girlfriend, right? Okay. Why do they want a girlfriend? They want just any girl? Or do no, they want I someone mean, that they have a real connection with? Well, it, it depends on how, how pathetic and thirsty you are, right? For the guy who's totally, you know, he, he just feels a, a, an, an intense sense of loneliness and desperation, he'd probably settle for for something that's, you know, maybe not as as good as he could effectively do, but... I just think that's really unhealthy to seek connection in a relationship that's necessarily sexual. I think you should seek connection in friendships, and then if you can't find anyone to have sex with you, then you should pay a prostitute. That's how I feel. I think I if you... Yeah, if you, you yeah. I agree. I think... I think I if, you're, <laughs> if you're... If you're, if you're only... Getting a relationship to, to get laid, that's a horrible reason. You yeah, okay, good. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> but typically those guys have, have, they've already hired the prostitutes and they've, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they found no, uh, no value in that. And they are looking for a real connection, right? They're just very poor at cultivating it. Um, so, you know, I think this is part of the, one of the, what uh, manifests as a bit of an issue between men and women is that a lot of guys, you know, when they're going on dates, especially on Tinder or whatever, they're not really looking for a relationship. A lot of the time, they're looking to get laid a lot of the time. Uh, and I think a lot of the women are not necessarily thinking like that. And so when, you know, if they actually do hook up a lot of the time, this is what will lead into a, how do you say, like a situation where the guy's just not going to last for a, he's not going to stick around too long. And, you know, the woman thought like it would lead into a relationship, but it doesn't. And I think this is one of the sources of a lot of problems in dating, to be honest, is a quite a mis miscommunication here. And also a bit of a bad, uh, what's the word? Bad, is, is the word bad face by like some of the guys? So the idea that men, the, the idea that men are looking for short term dating, but they're projecting or they're, they're selling themselves as a long term option and that mismatch in the market. Well, especially because um, I I don't use that many dating apps, but on Bumble, you can say what you're looking for. So if you're saying you're, you can put looking for a relationship or looking for something casual. So if you put you're looking for a relationship and you're not, then that's not cool, I think. Well, there's mo most guys are incentivized to lie about that, right? And to lead a woman on to think that they're interested in long-term dating to get laid when in fact they're just looking to get laid. Uh, and that's a huge... You know, that's a huge problem in the dating market, right? Um, that happens. As a woman, you've developed many spidey senses to snip those guys out, right? That's why you make them wait for sex. That's why you make them take you on many dates. You're like, all right, is this guy in it to win it? Or is this trying to, you know, get laid? I've that's never not, made anyone wait for that's sex. Not, that's not, <laughs> that's, I like you or I don't. <laughs> that's not, I have never there, done the world that. would be a better place. I know. Tell me about it. Fucking tell me about it. We just need um, only Bronwyn's in the world. There would be no problems. Everything would be Can good. I share well, this part of the recording? <laughs> this is going to be public. You can share it at your leisure. <laughs> we'll be able to um, edit it. So, um, by the way, I, I, I still think there's some value from their perspective to waiting just because of the way the world works. Because I can tell you for myself, like if I have to go on like a bunch of dates with someone, this is what I'd be thinking. And it, I'm thinking, so actually I'm actually wondering if they're looking for a relationship or not, because that will lead me to be conflicted with sleeping with them. I've turned girls down because I thought that they were looking for a relationship. And I thought, you know, I wasn't going to sleep with them too many times. 
Um, on top of that, the only way to filter, the most reliable way to filter that out is by making them wait because the guy that's going to put in effort uh, is going to be the guy that's much more serious, like a hundred million percent. Like there's that's just insane. no way around I've that. never been in a situation where I've been like, I can't tell what this guy is into. And if I wait two weeks, then I'll know. Like I've never. What about never... when you were like 19? <laughs> no. Like you. You never, hold on. You've never been in a situation where you liked a guy and he only, you know, banged you once and then he kind of like, eh, just went away and you were upset that like, oh, what happened? I thought that guy was into me. That has happened maybe like a couple times in, in my life, but, but it was, it was simply due to like a complete like anomaly, I think of mis misreading by me of the situation and, and how into he, into me he was. I think that, that typically I have been incredibly good at reading that. And, and this happened when you were decide, younger, okay, right? I can, uh, up, I would say all the way up until 30. Um, and you and felt, I've been in a you relationship felt... since then, but. But how'd you feel after that? Like, did you feel like you fucked up or that you were stupid? I felt like I didn't know. I, I felt like I just didn't get it. I was like, I, I was into this guy. We were, I mean, I've had it the other way around where the guy was like really into me and I wasn't. But but usually when I was really into a guy and I was kind of like flabbergasted that it was only like a one night thing or whatever, I was just like, wow, I've like really completely misread the situation. I thought that he was really into me. He clearly wasn't. Waiting a week to have sex with him wouldn't have changed that. Um, I, I felt like I could read Maybe. it and it was well, it like, well, change anything. So it, it, might have change change it, anything. it could have changed it because if you would have made him wait, he may have stopped pursuing and then, you know, I kind you of the feel answer. like you can tell when people are into you, they're into you like, and that, that traverses so much, like the joke you make that you're like, so worried if it'll put someone off, if they're fucking into you, they're going to find it cute. And if they're not, they're going to find it gross and weird. And there are ways to like, test that like my my current partner told me once that he his tactic was sometimes to sort of like test this waters would be like make a sexual joke and then if like the woman you could watch how how your your date would respond to that and if they sounded like you know into it or whatever if they were just like oh like you know i can't believe you and whatever then it's like very easy to sort of like take the gas off and be like you know it's joking whatever but but what i mean is like if you're if you're into them then all, none of those like small decision points like really matter that much and i found myself more reckoning with okay here's my read on this guy and how into me they are is this what i want do i want if i just wanted to have sex with him do i want to have to deal with the fact that they're clearly super into me or if they're not into me and they just want to have sex with me is that a situation i want to put myself in and proceed from there it's never like a it's never this like nebulous I just can't tell. Like you're reminding me of that video, I, which I know you know, which I know you know, where they're just like, "All right, she's she's in a bar, she's winking to you, she's saying buy me a drink. Is she into you? Kind of hard to tell. All the way up to well, you're I, having sex. I literally just watched uh, that for again. the first time yesterday. Then again, it's really hard to tell. You just Get never down. know. She could just be, you know. So, but that's yeah. That's, yeah. Could we could we maybe have part two of this another time? Because I have to run. No. Um, and I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this so much. But I but I really have to go. Um. What could we could we have part two of this soon? Because I want to come to some conclusions. I would like, love to have part two. Go from here and, and whatever. I think we do yeah. have clear conclusions yeah. of sorts, especially if we actually agree on we things. Do. I mean, so you know. Uh, yeah. I um. 
I think part of the logic women use is that it makes them makes the guys more attached or something like that. I don't know. I don't think that's true from my experience, but maybe it's an artificial inflation of your selection value. You're saying, oh, I have really high selection criteria. Therefore, that person views you as or they view themselves as potentially more valuable if your selection criteria is so high. It's all about themselves. Like the whole reason guys want to sleep with women that aren't sluts or, or whatever that that trope would be is because they think, oh, they have such high selection criteria. That means I must be so valuable. It's all the same thing as like the biker, the like bad boy biker. Why do you want a bad boy biker? Because their selection criteria for who they actually show emotion for is so high that it means I must be so amazing if like this guy will fall in love with me. It's all, right, but I think, I, but I think because bad. sexual norms have changed so much and I could be wrong, but based on my experience, that because sex happens so often and people are so willing to have sex like on a first date or whatever, the like your desirability from someone like being too into you or not, whatever, can often come after sex. It's like, okay, sure, we had sex. Like, do you really like me? Like, are you responding to my messages? Are we going on another date? So I, I, to me, in my world, in my dating experience, that has been lost and that's old fashioned. I don't know. So you're making the decision after sex. No, I think making, yeah, I think, no, but anyone, I think making someone, making someone wait for sex, I don't think has the same power that it used to. I agree. Okay. Luckily for all of us. I agree on that. (laughs) Okay, wait, so can we have, can we have part two, like ASAP? Um, so we don't lose our vibe because I, I have to go like literally if, if, this minute. If um, everyone agrees, we should talk about our bet very briefly. But basically, I bet uh, I don't. I bet Melody that she could like uh, she could get dates with this uh, with someone that I actually want to like see multiple times. Um, I I just gave her money if like she'll do it and figure it out. I get eight hundred dollars for every successful whatever. date I get. Because she's telling me that my pictures are like not really representative of myself. His pictures aren't good. They highlight his his worst traits. I don't think he's putting effort into talking to women. I feel like there actually is a difference between like value and the skill you display. And we'll see. Let's see. I think I can get more dates as him. I don't put in much effort on the first message, but the other ones I do. But I also think my thesis is that I'll be better than you. My thesis is that my the way I interact with women. I will use my super highly attuned social skills that I Let's believe I am better at than you. Can we? You can we do so a, many lovely qualities, Dan? In can we do a part way. two? Can we do a part two, and then also after you've done this, do a part three with screenshots? Because I really want to do that. <laughs> so, throw my hat into the ring and bet. I want. I want to bet. I want to bet that I can beat Melody with Dan's profile. <laughs> Yes, we have to do this. Okay, okay, I like this. Okay, I like this. Here's here's how it's gonna work. I I like for my eyes to be opened. For every date I get Dan, I get I get eight hundred dollars. For every additional date that Robbie gets, I have to give up the money that I won from Dan. So you know, ours are we? So we have to figure out the terms. We might disagree on the photos and that sort of thing. So how do we solve for that? Um, That's hard. We no, no, you guys can take the photos. We, we, I would like decide to you guys to independently We get to try. decide our own profile. We get to have our own version of Dan that we're working so with. So, I mean, okay. part of uh, a couple things. So, part of the thing that makes this really hard for like average guys is it's not that easy to figure out which photos are actually good. Um, for I, I've gone through quite some motions with that, 
And so on top of that, like, yeah, I just, uh, I'm not buying that you're going to uh, send some magic bullet messages. And par, by the way, is to get some of those girls that we're talking about. So if you can't, that means you're not performing very well. In LA, I'm not sure. I haven't used Tinder here, so to be precise. In other places, I So have. basically, I'm going to build my Dan profile. Melanie's going to build her Dan profile, and we're going to see which uh, performs. And you have t- are you going to have two profiles on the same app? Any. I don't know. If okay, because you can't do two different apps, because that's different. I don't know. This is a little hard. Right. We need to talk about it. I think you can yeah. How do we do different. three Dans on Hinge? Is that going to work? Well, I, I, have a, I, I have a profile that I use for research. I can just swap out the photos for dan and Jane. oh true 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 oh perfect 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 so so maybe dan will be justin or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah it can be dan or ryan robbie it'll be robbie easy let's let's end let's end on that or i have to end on that note um but it was it was so nice talking to all you guys and and vibing in this in this whole dating atmosphere i second that there should be more broadmans in the world that would make it better <laughs> Uh, I second her hair down. That's another point for it. Oh, shit. Oh, there we go. There we go. She's really bringing it off. They got her hair down. Something happened. All right, we call That's the result of this podcast. Okay. This was really really fun. Thanks for including me. Yeah, Yeah, really nice meeting you, Robbie. Uh, Thanks for hosting again, Dan, and and to be continued. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're a regular listener and you're digging our content, do me a favor. Leave us a five-star review. It's how other people learn about the show and how we can spread the word. If you don't feel like it's worthy of five stars, just go ahead. Don't leave any review at all. And I want to let you know that we've opened up a few slots in our exclusive community. We're accepting applications to join our select group of men and experience the radical power of accountability. Step up your game, cross everything off your sexual bucket list, and become a beast at accomplishing all of your goals. To learn more and apply, go to innerconfidence.com slash community.